cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. We're going to be learning Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the fourth piece in Hilchos Yisurei Bia. This is Perak Yud Gimel, Halacha Yud Beis. Our learning should be in the merit of a complete and speedy refuah shalema for Moshe ben Fega. The issue that Rabbi Chaim is discussing in this piece is when an Evid Kenani is freed, how does he become a full-fledged Jew? So an Evid Kenani already had a conversion to go from being a non-Jew to being an Evid Kenani, who is a Jewish slave. Uh, that's different than an Evid Ivri, which is a slave who was a Jew before he was bought. And he has different halachas, but an Evid Kanani was a non-Jew who became a Jew. But he's not obligated in all the mitzvos, and there are other differences. When he's freed, he becomes a full-fledged Jew, and Reb Chaim's going to discuss how that happens. So the Rambam says, When the slave is freed, he needs another conversion. He needs to go to the mikvah again in front of three Jewish men, Dayonim, in the daytime. Shiboti Gomer Geruso through that process, his conversion is completed and he becomes a regular Jew. But he does not need to accept the mitzvos and be taught the fundamentals of faith. Because that he already did when they converted him the first time in order to become an Evid Kenani. So the acceptance of the mitzvos was already done and does not need to be done again. And now he just needs to go into the mikvah in front of three Dayanim. And this comes from the Gemara in Yevamos and Daf Mem Ches. Now, Tosos and Daf Mem Zainam Rebez asks a question from the Gemara in Gitan and Daf Mem that if somebody frees his maid servant, a Shifcha, Kenanis, and he gives her a star Erusin, he marries her with this. So it says, Tzibo vihis Kadshibo, that through this you're going to be freed and you're going to be Mekudeshas to me, engaged to the owner. So there's a machlokas there between Reb Meir and Rabban on whether that's considered a valid star Shichur, whether she's freed through that or not. But uh, either way, Tosus' question is that it sounds like if she would be freed, then she would be Mekudeshas to him. But according to the Gemara in Yevamos, she still needs to go to the mikvah again in order to become a full-fledged Jew. So how could Kiddushin take effect right away before she went to the mikvah again? So the Gemara in Gitin seems to imply that as soon as she's freed, she becomes immediately a full-fledged Jew. She doesn't need anything more. So there seems to be a stira between the Gemara and Yevamos that there needs to be another conversion, another going into the mikvah, and the Gemara in Gitin that as soon as she's freed... She's immediately a full-fledged Jew. So Tosos answers that the case in the Gemara and Gitin is that she had already gone to the mikvah before she was freed with the intention of that being her conversion and it will take effect as soon as she's freed. So that's why there's no contradiction between these Gemaras. In the case in Gitin, there was a second conversion like the Gemara and Yevamos says there has to be. But even so, as soon as she's freed, she becomes fully Jewish because she did the conversion before she was freed. So the main point of Tosos is that this second conversion can be done 
even while this person is an Eved Kenani before they are freed, and it takes effect as soon as they're freed. Now, the Nemuke Yosef has a second approach to this, and he says that when the Gemara Nivamo says there has to be a second conversion, that's Midra Banan. The rabbis enacted that. But Mido Raisa, according to Torah law, as soon as the Eved Kenani is freed, he becomes a full-fledged Jew. And so that also explains the contradiction between Yavamos and Gitin. In the case in Gitin, of course the Kiddushin take effect because that's Doraisa. You can't say that because there wasn't a Drabanan conversion, then this Jew is not Mikudeshas when according to the Torah she is Mikudesha. So that's why the Gemara and Gitin discusses whether or not this would be a valid Kiddushin. But Midrabanan, there does need to be a second conversion. So there are two approaches in Tosos and the Nemuke Yosef to make sense of this. Now, Rab Chaim says that through a careful reading of the Rambam, it seems that he does not hold of either of these approaches. And uh, first of all, the Rambam does not hold of the Nemuke Yosef that the second conversion is only Midra Banan, because the Rambam specifically says that the second conversion is Shibo Tigomer Geruso. It's the conclusion of the conversion. So it sounds like this is a Doraisa conversion. It's absolutely necessary in order for this person to be considered a Jew. And Rab Chaim says that the, even if you want to push and say that it means that it's the conclusion of the conversion Midra Banan, like the Nemuke Yosef, it's still impossible because in the last halacha, the Rambam said that the first conversion, in order for the person to become an Eved Kenani, is only a Miktsas Geirus. It's only a partial conversion. So the Rambam's approach seems very clearly not like the Nemuke Yosef, that the first conversion to become an Eved Kenani is a partial conversion, and the second conversion is the conclusion of the conversion, and both of them are necessary, Mida Oraisa, otherwise this person is not not considered a full Jew. And similarly, the Rambam doesn't seem to hold like Tosvos because he introduces the whole halacha with Kishi Shtachrer HaEved. When the slave is freed, then he needs a second conversion. So it seems very clear that only after the slave is freed can he do the second conversion to become a full Jew, not beforehand the way Tosvos had suggested. And Rab Chaim even adds that these two positions of the Rambam seem to follow one from the other because once the Rambam holds that the second conversion is required Mido Raisa, otherwise the person is not a full Jew, then it makes sense that they can only convert after they're freed because uh, conversion has to be done at the proper time, and this person before they're freed is not eligible to become a full-fledged Jew through conversion. So that's why one follows from the next. Since the Rambam holds that it's a Doraisa requirement to have the second conversion, then it also has to be done after the slave is freed. It can't be done beforehand and take effect once they're free. So if so, Rab Chaim's question is, if the Rambam rejects both Tosos and the Namuke Yosef's answers to this question, then we're back to the question, how can the Gemara and Gitin discuss whether or not a Shifcha Kinanis becomes Mekudeshes as soon as she's freed when there was not a second conversion? So first, Rab Chaim tries a sort of forced answer, which he's not going to follow, but uh, he says maybe we could say that the case is where the master said to the Shifcha Kenanis, Tzibo v'hiskad shibo la'achar tefillah. You're going to be freed 
and Mikudeshas after you convert and go to the mikvah with this shtar. And Rab Meir is Lashitaso, Rab Meir holds Adamakna Dover Shlobala Olam, that you can sell something which is not in the world yet. So this master is able to do Kiddushin, even though the woman is not eligible yet for Kiddushin until she goes to the mikvah. And even the Chachamim, who in general disagree with Rabbi Meir, but says Rab Chaim that the Chachamim in this specific case must hold like Rabbi Meir with regard to Adam Makna Davar Shlobala Olam. Otherwise, the whole Shtar Kiddushin doesn't work at all. You can't use a document which is written for a woman who is ineligible to accept the document that could not be Mikudeshes with this document. And this Shtar Kiddushin was written even if it's going to take effect after, but it was written while she was a Shivcha Kananis and ineligible for Kiddushit. And the, the proof that uh, you wouldn't be able to write a star for any woman is that the Gemara Yevamos and Daphnan Bays says that you can't just write a get for any woman because she's not his wife to be eligible to take a get from him. So in the same way, how can this guy go ahead and write a star? for his shivcha, who is ineligible to accept the Shtar Kiddushin. It must be that these Chachamim also agree that Adam Makna Dover Shalobala Olam. So, based on that approach, we could say that everyone agrees in Gitin that there has to be a second conversion. But the Kiddushin is predicated on the second conversion happening, and it's based on this idea of Adam Makna Dover Shalobala Olam. Uh, Rab Chaim does say that in the brackets, that why would the Rambam then paskin this halacha? We hold So he explains the Rambam was just trying to rule with regard to the issue of what's considered a valid Lashon Shichror, a valid language to use in order to free a slave. But when it comes to the issue of whether this star is fit to be a star Kiddushin, the Rambam would hold that it doesn't work. So this approach would work, but Rab Chaim says it's very forced. And in addition, he, he says that it goes against the Gemara and Gitin on Dafmim Gimel Amud Beis that says that it all depends on whether she's Chufsha or not, whether she was freed. And if she was freed, then she would be married. So according to Tosvos, there's a case where this would be true. And that's the case where she did the second conversion such so that as soon as she's freed, she's now married. Everything depends on when she gets freed or not. But according to the Rambam, even this approach Rab Chaim is saying, it still depends on her going to the mikvah a second time. Even if we say that he did Kiddushin after he frees her and she goes to the mikvah, but according to the Rambam, it's not true that at the moment that she's freed, everything changes, and now she's considered married. She still has to go to the mikvah. So there isn't really a case where everything depends on whether she was freed or not. So uh, we're back to the question, how does the Rambam read this sugya in Gitin, which seems to imply that once she's freed, she can be married immediately, when according to the Rambam, there always has to be a second conversion. She still has to go to the mikveh. So Rab Chaim's approach in the Rambam is that there has to be a distinction here between different areas of halacha. There are some areas of halacha which depend on the second conversion. They don't take effect until the slave converts fully. But there are other areas of halacha which as soon as the Eved Kenani or the Shifcha Kenani is freed, they are immediately treated like a regular Jew. And Rab Chaim explains that the way to make this distinction is that really once the Eved Kenani is freed, they should be treated like a Jew because they have conversion and they're no longer a slave. So now they should be fully a Jew. But the issue is that the first conversion 
only converted them into being an Evid Kenani. It did not transform them into a full Jew. So they're still missing something. They still need to go that extra step from being an Evid Kenani to being a regular Jew. So the things which this person are missing are the things which they didn't get in their first conversion, which are things which have to do with the difference between Jews and non-Jews. Since this person didn't fully go into the category of a Jew, they're still missing some of those elements. But things which have to do with them becoming a Eved, so in that regard, they have become a full Jew, and now that they're no longer an Eved, none of those halachas apply to them. So the way to figure this out, according to Rabbi Chaim, is we have to see what halachas have to do with being a non-Jew, and what halachas have to do with being an Eved Kenani. If it's a halacha that's rooted in being a non-Jew, then it still applies to this person, because they haven't become a full Jew. But if it's a halacha that had to do with them being an Eved Kenani, then it no longer applies to them because now they're freed. Now, coming back to the issue of whether this freed Ebed Kenani can get married before the second conversion, so Rab Chaim says that this is a halacha which depends on them being an Evid, not on them being a non-Jew, and that's why it's going to apply, according to the Rambam, even before they convert. And the way he proves this is very, very brilliant. He says that the Gemara Kiddush and Adav Sameches learns out that an Evid and a Shifcha Kenanis don't have Kiddushin, they can't be part of a halacha Kiddushin. From uh, Pasuk, it says, Imachamor, and we learn out, Am Hadomelechamor, that in this regard, they are compared to a donkey, to an animal that does not have Kiddushin. Now, this halacha, says Rab Chaim, does not apply to a non-Jew, and the reason is because part of this halacha of Am Hadomelechamor is also that an Eved does not have yichas. We don't see their lineage as being related to their family. And that does not apply to a non-Jew. A non-Jew in halacha does have yichus. We do see the father and sons, uh, parents and children. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Children as being related. And the proof for this, as Rabbi Chaim, he has two Gemaras. One is the Gemara in Kiddush and Yud Zayin, which says that a non-Jew would inherit his father, Mida Oraisa. So we see that the father-son relationship, even amongst non-Jews, according to the Torah, is significant. And uh, second of all, the Gemara in Yevamos and Daf says that if a non-Jew had children and then converted, so he would fulfill Pru or Vu. So again, we see that the children have his lineage. They are considered related, even though they're non-Jews. So since a non-Jew does have Yichus, and the Halacha of Am Hadoma Lechamor is saying that an Eved doesn't have Yichus, then that Halacha would not apply to a non-Jew. And since we derive from Am Hadoma Lechamor that a Eved Kenani does not have Kiddushin, it would not apply to a non-Jew. So this is a special Halacha with regard to Eved Kenani that he is not part of Kiddushin. So based on Rab Chaim's criteria before, if something is a problem because this person was an Eved, 
then it no longer applies as soon as they're freed, even before they undergo the second conversion. And that's why Kiddushin takes effect immediately. If it was a problem because of there being a non-Jew, then it would still remain until the second conversion. But uh, as Rab Chaim proved, this issue of Amhadoma Lechamor, that the nation of Avadim, so to speak, cannot be part of a Kiddushin, is unique to Avadim. And therefore, as soon as the Shifcha Kananis is freed, she's eligible for Kiddushin. Now, Rab Chaim says that there's still a problem here, which is that even though that specific halacha doesn't apply to non-Jews, but it is still true that a non-Jew cannot be part of a Kiddushin. It doesn't come from Amhadom Lechamor, but there's a separate problem with non-Jews being part of Kiddushin. They're ineligible for any Kiddushin. So applying it back to our case, even though we've resolved one problem, but there should be another issue with the Shifcha Kinanis before she goes to the mikvah the second time becoming Mikudeshes, which is that she's still somewhat of a non-Jew and non-Jews are ineligible for Kiddushin. So Rab Chaim says that that also is not a problem here because we learn out Eved from women, la la me'isha, that whatever halachas apply to women apply to an Eved Kenani. So in that regard, the Eved Kenani is eligible for Kiddushin, just like a Jewish woman is, of course, eligible for Kiddushin. So the issue of them being like a non-Jew in that regard has been solved by the first conversion. And in fact, that's why we need this separate halacha of Amhadom Elechamor, because an Eved Kenani no longer has any problems with Kiddushin from the aspect of non-Jews because their, all their halachas are the same as a Jewish woman. The only issues that an Eved Kenani or Shifcha Kenanis would have are things which are separate, which don't apply to Jewish women. There are additional problems that the Jewish women don't have, so then the Eved would have it, and that's the specific issue that needs to be resolved after they're freed, that they need a second conversion. So this would explain, according to the Rambam, why even though there is a requirement, Mido Raisa, for a second conversion after the Eved Kenani is freed, that still does not apply to most halachas. Uh, it doesn't apply to Kiddushin, which was already resolved. The non-Jewish problem was resolved when they converted the first time, and the Eved problem is removed as soon as they are freed. The only issues which do need to be resolved with the second conversion are things which don't apply to Jewish women and are rooted in the fact that this person used to be a non-Jew. And Rab Chaim adds that his approach actually makes sense of a, a strange phrase that the Rambam uses. We mentioned it before, but if we think about it, we'll notice that this notion that the conversion of an Eved Kenani is a miktas gerus, it's a partial gerus, is a very strange phrase, but it also doesn't really capture what's going on over here because this is a full conversion. This person goes from being a non-Jewish slave to being a Jewish slave. The reason they need a second conversion when they're freed is because a Jewish slave is a different type of person than a regular Jew. So it's not that the first conversion was partial and the second conversion built on it, but really each conversion is accomplishing its own thing. The first conversion takes them from being a non-Jew to being a Jew, and the second conversion changes them from being a Jewish slave into being a freed Jew. So why is the Rambam using this idea of a partial conversion? So Rab Chaim says that according to his approach now, this actually makes more sense because 
it is a continuous process. The first conversion changes the person that they're now a Jewish slave and any halacha which applies to a Jewish slave now applies to them. And once they're freed, all of those halachas still remain. The only thing that needs to be added, according to Rab Chaim, are the few halachas which they did not have applied to them when they were a slave and were rooted in them having originally been non-Jewish. So there has to be an additional conversion to add a little bit of sanctity and to turn them into a full-fledged Jew. But the second conversion is still building on the first conversion. It's not that they're accomplishing separate processes, that the first one goes from non-Jew to Jew and the second one goes from slave to freed, but the second one adds the additional component of those halachas which were not captured in the first conversion. So says Rab Chaim that his approach makes sense of the way the Rambam chooses to formulate these halachas as a partial gerus, which is then completed fully with the second. So according to Rab Chaim's reading of the Rambam, then this makes sense of why the Kiddushin can take effect immediately, because since it's this incremental process, the first conversion transformed them into a Jewish slave, and uh, once they're freed, they no longer are a slave, of course, and any halachas which came about as a result of their being a slave no longer apply. One of those halachas is the inability to have Kiddushin, and that does not need the second conversion. The second conversion, though, is still necessary, Midoraisa, with regard to other areas of halacha. Now, Rab Chaim says in the third paragraph that he thinks that this approach has to be the case, that there are certain halachas that as soon as the Evid Kanani is freed, he already functions like a Jew. And he says, because otherwise, why would an Evid Kanani who's been freed and not gone to the mikveh yet for the second conversion be prohibited in a shifcha kinanis? Why can he not be married to a full-fledged shifcha kinanis? According to the non-Reb Chaim way of understanding this, so the Eved Kenani who's freed and hasn't converted yet is not a full-fledged Jew. So why should he not be allowed to be married to a Shifcha Kenanis? And Rab Chaim says that don't say that only a full-fledged Eved Kenani is allowed to be married to a Shifcha Kenanis, not this freed Eved Kenani, even though he's not a full-fledged Jew. Uh, because Rab Chaim has a very interesting argument against this. The Gemara in Kiddushin on Daf says that a Mamzer, a Jew who's born from a prohibited union is permitted to marry a shifcha. And Tosos in Babasr Dafyud Gimel explains that the reason there's no prohibition for a mamzer to marry a shifcha the way there is for a regular Jew is because a mamzer comes from a prohibited union and therefore he's not included in the prohibition of loyiya kadesh that you can't be married to someone who's promiscuous. That's the source for the prohibition that it's prohibited to marry a shifcha kenanis. But a mamzer who comes from such a union. So he is also considered a form of a Kadesh of promiscuity, and therefore he's not included in the whole prohibition. He's part of the group who are prohibited. They can marry within each other, and therefore he's not prohibited. He's permitted to marry a Shifcha Kenanis. So from this Tosos, Rab Chaim proves that the reason an Evid is allowed to marry a Shifcha is not that there's some special rule about a full-fledged Evid Kenani being allowed to marry a Shifcha, but anyone who's not included in the regular Jewish people to be 
outside of the group of these people who are prohibited to each other, they're all permitted to each other. And it includes a mamzer, and in the same way, it should also include a freed evid so long as he hasn't converted. It's more dependent on the person's status than any special exception for an evid kenani. So this non-traditional Evid Kenani who's freed but hasn't gone to the mikvah should still be included in the leniency to marry a Shifcha Kenanis. And yet, says Rab Chaim, it sounds like from different places that in Evid Kenani, as soon as he's freed, even before he goes to the mikvah, is already prohibited in a Shifcha Kenanis. And he proves this because the Gemara in Gi'in on Dafir Aleph says that freeing an Evid Kenani is considered a chov, it's considered a negative for him, according to Reb Meir. And the reason that the Gemara gives over there on Dafyud Gimel is because now he's prohibited to marry a Shifcha Kenanis. In other words, there's a benefit to being an Evid Kenani because he can be with a Shifcha Kenanis. But now, by freeing him, the master is prohibiting him in a Shifcha Kenanis. But says Rab Chaim, if he's permitted to marry the Shifcha Kenanis until the second in conversion, then the act of freeing itself should not be considered the chova. That's not when he becomes prohibited. At that point, he's still permitted to her up until he chooses to go to the mikvah again. So it must be from that Gemara that it's evident that as soon as the Evid Kenani is freed, he's immediately prohibited to Shifcha Kenanis, and that's why it's considered a chov. So and now we're back to the issue. Why should this person who's still in status in Ebed Kenani, they're just freed, but they have not become a Jew. Why should they be prohibited to Shifcha Kenanis according to the classic way of understanding this second conversion that it's needed in order to transform them into a full-fledged Jew? Says Rab Chaim that according to his approach, this also makes sense because Rab Chaim holds that anything which has to do with them being an Eved does change as soon as they're freed. And this that he was permitted to Shifcha Kinanis came from the fact that he was an Eved. Because the whole halacha of being allowed to Shifcha Kinanis has to do with the fact that he couldn't have Kiddushin. That's what made him the status of the type of person who's not included in the prohibition of Loyia Kadesh. Uh, since he didn't have the ability to do Kiddushin, he's not part of Kiddushin, therefore he's allowed with the Shifcha Kenanis. And Rab Chaim points out in the brackets that that's the same criteria we use with the Mamzer, that since he doesn't come from a permitted union where there was Kiddushin, so therefore he's not included in this prohibition. So we see that the whole heter to be with the Shifcha Kenanis, this being excluded from the prohibition of Loyia Kadesh is rooted in there not being Kiddushin. And that's something which is specific to this person being an Eved Kenani. It does not have to do with the fact that they were a non-Jew. And those halachas change as soon as they're freed. And therefore, according to Rab Chaim, it makes sense that as soon as the Eved Kenani is freed, he's now Asr Shifcha, even before he goes to the mikvah the second time. And Rab Chaim adds another proof to his whole approach because the Gemara in Yevamos, and this is what the Rambam had recorded, says that this freed slave does need tvila, they need to go to the mikvah, but they don't need a new acceptance of the mitzvos. So Rab Chaim asks on this distinction that according to the regular way, the non-Rab Chaim way of understanding this, that we're now taking 
the Eved, who has a different sort of sanctity and transforming him into a regular Jew, so why doesn't he need another Kabbalah Samitzvos? The first time that he accepted Judaism, he needed Kabbalah Samitzvos. And now there's a separate halacha. He's been freed. He has the regular sanctity of an Eved Kenani. There's no need for him to take it the next step and to become a full-fledged Jew. So if he chooses to take that transformation and to go from being an Eved, which is different than a regular Jew, and he wants to change his status into being a regular Jew, why don't we necessitate, like every Gerus, that he has to accept the mitzvot and he has to accept the conversion upon himself? Why should there be any difference between this conversion and any other conversion. But says Rab Chaim that according to the way he explained it, that the first conversion is still standing with regard to turning this Evid Kanani into a full-fledged Jew. He's the same as a Jewish woman, except there were limitations because he was an Eved, and there are a few other things that he didn't get the first time. So the second conversion is intended to correct those few things that need to be added. So now this makes sense, because since he's fundamentally a Jew, so Rab Chaim says there's actually a rule that he has to go ahead and convert. It's not optional if he wants to take it to the next step, but he actually needs needs to convert over here because whatever he's not obligated on, he has an obligation to make himself obligated in it. That's the irony of this case, that there are things he's not obligated in, but he's obligated to become obligated. And that's what this conversion is. So he doesn't need a new Kabbalah Samitzvos because this conversion is different than any other normal conversion where the person of their own decision can willingly either become a convert or not. So we have to make sure that they accept the conversion upon themselves. But here he has to become a convert. He's obligated because of him being a Jew to undergo this second conversion. And therefore you don't need Kabbalah Samitzvos. You don't need him to accept it. You don't need him to know what's going on. He just needs to convert. Now, in the brackets, Rab Chaim points out that there's a problem with his approach because when the Rambam describes this, he says that the, you don't need Kabbalah Samitzvos during the second conversion, because they already had a Kabbalah Samitzvos the first time. So the Rambam does not say like Rab Chaim that in this case you don't need Kabbalah Samitzvos because he has an obligation to convert. He says something different, which is that the Kabbalah Samitzvos from the first conversion counts also for the second one. And the same thing is in Rabbeinu Hananel and the Rif. So it sounds like you fundamentally do need a Kabbalah Samitzvos here, unlike the way Rab Chaim's been saying this, uh, except you don't need in practice the Kabbalah Samitzvos because we can just apply the Kabbalah Samitzvos from the first time. And that also seems to be the case, says Rab Chaim, because the Rambam says you have to have three, you have to have a Bezdin. Now, if you don't need Kabbalah Samitzvos, then you shouldn't need a Bezdin. The Bezdin is needed because there has to be a Kabbalah Samitzvos, which is the one that he already said the first time. So the way Rab Chaim makes sense of all this is he says that there does need to be a form of Kabbalah's mitzvos, even though this freed Eved Kanani is just adding a few more mitzvos to his life. And that makes sense of why there needs to be a Bezdin, because there is going to be a Kabbalah's mitzvos, but it's different than the regular Kabbalah's mitzvos, because generally he has to do it willingly, he has to accept the mitzvos. But here, because of the whole idea, Rab Chaim saying that he has an obligation, 
obligation to convert and to become obligated, so we don't need him to willingly accept them. As long as he goes into the mikvah, he automatically becomes obligated in all of the mitzvot, even against his will. So that explains why there does need to be a bezdin, because there is going to be a form of Kabbalah's mitzvot, but it's not a willing one, it's against his will. And that's unique to this case, because he's already basically a Jew, he just needs to add those last few mitzvot to become a full-fledged Jew. And Rav Chaim says that he thinks this approach has to be the case, because if we're going to take the Rambam literally, that the first conversion, the Kabbalah Samitzvos there is what applies to the second conversion, then all of that only applies to someone who was born a non-Jew and then converted to become an Evid Kenani. But what happens to a child who's born as an Evid Kenani and is then freed? So there was never an initial Kabbalah Samitzvos. So according to the literal reading of the Rambam, then he should need a full Kabbalah Samitzvos at the conversion after he's freed. And Rab Chaim says that that does not seem to be the case. This is a good example of Rab Chaim's brilliant creativity to think of this issue with a kid who's born into being an Evid Kanani. But the, either way, what Rab Chaim wants from this is that it does not seem to be the case that the Rambam means it literally that because there was Kabbalah Samitzos the first time, therefore the second conversion doesn't need it. Because the case of the child who's born into being an Evid Kanani proves that even without Kabbalah Samitzvos the first time, still the second conversion does not really need it. So what does the Rambam mean when he says that we apply the first conversion's Kabbalah Samitzvos to the second one? So Rab Chaim explains that the Rambam is trying to say that in the first conversion, we mention to this non-Jew who's becoming an Ebed Kenani, all of the mitzvos. We don't only mention the mitzvos that he's going to be commanded in as an Ebed Kenani, but we mention even those mitzvos which are not going to be commanded on him unless he's freed. And the reason is because we're connecting that first conversion with the second one, the Kabbalah Samitzvos of the first one should include the possibility of him becoming a full-fledged Jew. So that's what the Rambam's trying to tell us. In other words, according to Rab Chaim's reading, he's telling us more about the first conversion than he is the second conversion. The second conversion doesn't need Kabbalah Samitzvos because it has this element that the person is obligated to become a full Jew. So even against his will, if he goes into the mikveh, he becomes a full Jew. What the Rambam is trying to tell us is that the first conversions, Kabbalah HaMitzvos, should include all 613 mitzvos, even those which are not going to be obligatory on an Evid Kenani, because there is the possibility that this conversion will lead to him being a full-fledged Jew in the future. And finally, at the end of the brackets, Rab Chaim points out that the whole issue of whether the based in the three men for Gerus, is needed for Kabbalah's mitzvos, or it's really for some other reason, is a machlokus rishonim, and he points us to look in the Chidushe Ramban and Rashba on the Gemara and Yevamos. So his assumption before that the three are necessary for Kabbalah's mitzvos depends on this machlokus rishonim. Now, Rab Chaim ends the piece, he comes back to Tosos's shita. Tosos disagrees with his approach in the Rambam, because Tosos says, that in the case of the Gemara and Gitin, there had to have been a Tevila. It could be before the 
shichrur before the slave was freed, but there has to be a tefillah, otherwise there can be no kiddushin whatsoever. So it seems that according to Tosvos, without the second conversion, this person is not a Jew at all. So if so, says Rab Chaim, why does Tosvos hold that there doesn't need to be a Kabbalah Samitzvos the second time if it's really a regular legitimate conversion? Why is it different from other conversions that this one does not need a Kabbalah Samitzvos? So Rab Chaim says that according to Tosus, you have to say that there's a special halacha that when it comes to this conversion of a freed Ebed Kenani, it can be done against his will. They're not going to hold like Rab Chaim's idea that since he's basically a Jew, he's obligated to become obligated. That's why you don't need Kabbalah Samitzvos. So they must hold that there's a special halacha here that it can be done against his will. And Rab Chaim says that that seems to be the case because Tosus Tosvos is the one who holds that you could do the second conversion going to the mikvah before the person was freed. And now at that point, they're a full-fledged Evid Kenani. So how are we doing a conversion at that point? So it must be that this is a different type of conversion from regular conversions that this one can be done against his will. So the same thing would be true even if he was already freed. And now he's going to the mikvah, still it can be done against his will. So that's why we don't need a Kabbalah's mitzvos in this case. And what about the issue of why this freed Evid Kenani, who hasn't gone to the mikvah, is Asr to Shifcha Kenani? So again, Rab Chaim had explained that according to the Rambam, based on this idea that he's basically a Jew at that point. But according to Tosos, he's not a Jew, so he still has the status of an Evid Kenani. So why is he prohibited to Shifcha? So Rab Chaim says that the Tosos in Gitan and Daf Mem quotes Rashi's opinion that if the master is mafkir, he just makes the slave ownerless. So that too makes this Evid Kenani prohibited to Shifcha, even though he's certainly still an Evid Kenani. He's not at all removed from the status of being an Evid. So why should this ownerless Evid be prohibited to Shifcha? So Rab Chaim explains that you have to say, according to Rashi, that in order to be permitted to Shifcha, it's a special rule that only an Evid Kenani, a full-fledged Evid Kenani, is permitted to Shifcha Kenanis. But once it changes, even if he still has the status of an Evid Kenani, then he's already prohibited to Shifcha Kenanis. And that would explain this case too, even though he hasn't converted fully, but he's still prohibited to Shifcha Kenanis. And uh, Rab Chaim says that even according to Tosos, who disagrees with Rashi, that's only in the case of Hefker, because he's still really an Evid, he's just ownerless. But the, even Tosos would agree that once he's freed from being an Evid Kenani, that's enough to make him prohibited to Shifcha Kenanis, even though he hasn't become a Jew and gone to the mikvah. But all this leads us back to the notion that the Rambam disagrees with Tosvos because the Rambam does not say that he doesn't need Kabbalah Samitzvos because the conversion can be done even against his will. As Rab Chaim explains, Tosvos holds. The Rambam said that he doesn't need Kabbalah Samitzvos because he already had it at the first time. So this reaffirms that the Rambam disagrees with Tosos's idea that there's some special exception in this type of conversion that it can be done against his will. And rather, the Rambam holds 
like Rab Chaim explained throughout, that anything which was limiting him from the fact that he's an Eved is removed as soon as he gets freed, and he's basically fundamentally a Jew, and that's why we don't need his willingness or his decision in order to go ahead with this conversion, as Rab Chaim just explained at length throughout this piece. So that's Rab Chaim's piece. The uh, key conceptual issue that Rab Chaim's trying to understand is what is the significance of the second conversion that an Evid Kanani has to undergo after they're freed in order to become a Jew. And uh, even more, this conversion is unusual because unlike every other conversion, it does not need Kabbalah Samitzvah. So Rab Chaim wants to understand the nature of this conversion. And uh, he basically creates a running machlo between the Rambam and Tosvos. According to Tosvos, the conversion is because when someone goes from being an Evid Kenani, that's a different type of Jew, and now they want to become a regular Jew, a freed Jew, so they need a conversion on that aspect. So it's a, a totally new conversion that they've never done before. Whereas according to the Rambam, essentially they're a Jew, and Evid Kenani is a Jewish slave, but they need a conversion in order to add the few missing components to become a full-fledged Jew. And based on these two different approaches, we're going to have two different ways to make sense of two details. The first is, why is a freed Evid Kenani, even before he converts again, still prohibited in a Shifcha Kenanis? And the second thing is, why doesn't this conversion need a Kabbalah Samitzvos? So according to the Rambam, the answer is going to be because the Evid Kenani is basically a Jew, uh, therefore he's Osir in a Shifcha Kenanis, and that's why he doesn't need Kabbalah Samitzvos, because anyways, he really needs to undergo this conversion and become a full Jew, whereas according to Tosvos, he's really not a full-fledged Jew in this situation. So the reason he's prohibited in a Shifcha Kenanis is because only a full-fledged Eved Kenani is permitted to a Shifcha Kenanis, and this person is no longer a regular Eved Kenani. And the reason he doesn't need Kabbalah Samitzos is because there's a special exception in this case. So according to Tosvos, this is basically a regular conversion, but there are certain exceptions that make it different than other conversions. Whereas according to the Rambam, this conversion of the Evid Kenani is a totally different conversion than any other regular conversion. Now in the back of the Or Olam edition of Reb Chaim, they quote some nice sources. Uh, they do a nice job of putting together three different positions as to the relationship between the first conversion to become an Evid Kenani and the second conversion to become a full-fledged Jew. And Reb Chaim really articulates these three positions, but they quote some other sources. The Nemuke Yosef and the Ritva, which Rab Chaim quoted, they hold that the first conversion makes the Evid Kenani a full Jew. The only limitations on the Evid Kenani are because he's an Evid, so he's not obligated in all of the mitzvos. And as soon as he's freed from being an Evid, those limitations fall away, and now he's a full-fledged Jew. The second conversion is only Midrabanan. So that's position number one. The second position is similar to what Rab Chaim articulates in Tosvos, but more extreme. It's at the other end of the spectrum, completely from the Nemuke Yosef. And this they quote from the Turei Evan in Chagiga. This is on Dalit Ahmed Aleph, but he also references it in a long discussion he has 
about these issues on Beis Amud Beis. And the Ture Evan basically says that a Evid Kenani is not a Jew at all. The drusha that we have, Lola Meisha, that a Evid Kenani is obligated in the same mitzvahs as a woman, is to obligate him because without that, he wouldn't at all be obligated in any mitzvahs because he's basically the same thing as a non-Jew. So this is a key point. The Ture Evan saying that it's not the way we would have assumed that the comparison to an Isha is to tell us that an Eved is not obligated in all mitzvos of a man. He's only obligated in the mitzvos of a woman, so it's a leniency for him. But the, rather, the Torah Evan says it's the other way, that the Eved would not have been obligated in any mitzvos whatsoever. And the, the comparison to Isha comes to tell us that he is obligated. But fundamentally, the Torah Evan holds that an Eved Kenani is the same as a non-Jew. And he proves this because he asks a question, the law, law, the word law appears with regard to a Jewish woman and the Shifcha Kenanis. So if it's a leniency, then why do we apply it also to an Evid Kenani, a male Evid Kenani? We should say that it only applies to female Evid Kenani, a Shifcha Kenanis, the same way it only applies to a regular Jewish woman. But an Evid Kenani could still be obligated in all the mitzvos like a Jewish man. So from this, the Torah Evan proves that it must be that it's not a leniency, but it's actually a stringency. That uh, if not for this la la meisha, we would not have obligated an evid kenani or shifcha kenanis in any mitzvos. So once we learn out the stringency with regard to shifcha kenanis, then it only makes sense to apply it also to an evid kenani. A male evid kenani shouldn't be more lenient than a female shifcha kenanis. So either way, the Ture Evans perspective and other achronim also adopt this basic idea is that an Evid Kenani is fundamentally like a non-Jew, just his chayev and mitzvos. So according to that, once he's freed, then he certainly needs the conversion because otherwise he's not a Jew at all. So this is a regular conversion. Again, this is similar to what Rab Chaim attributed to Tosos' position, that it's a regular conversion with some differences, but the Turi Evans says it a little more strongly. And the third position, of course, is the one that Rab Chaim develops in the Rambam, which is that basically the Evid Kenani is a Jew, but there are some mitzvos that are lacking, so he needs this extra conversion in order to obligate him fully in all of the mitzvos like a regular Jew. Now, they also quote a phenomenal question from the Chazon Ish, a very powerful question on Rab Chaim's approach, and that is that a Shifcha Kenanis, who is freed, also needs a second conversion, needs to go to the mikvah. And that seems problematic because there are no additional mitzvos that are added to her since she's a woman. So even once she becomes a freed Jew, a regular Jewess, she's not going to be obligated in any more mitzvos. The only difference between a Shifcha Kenanis and a regular Jewish woman is that a Shifcha Kenanis is allowed to marry an Evid Kenani and uh, is prohibited to marry a regular Jew. And uh, a regular Jewish woman is prohibited to an Evid Kenani and allowed to a regular Jew. So that's the only di- difference that's about to happen to this woman. And Rab Chaim already said that when it comes to Kiddushin, that's not something that requires tefillah. That's what Rab Chaim said explicitly in this piece, that the Kiddushin was only a limitation because this person was an Evid Kenani or Shifcha Kenanis. 
but it's not because they were originally a non-Jew. So once they're freed, they are immediately eligible for Kiddushin, and they don't have to wait until the second conversion. So if so, Chazonish has a very powerful question. According to Rab Chaim's approach, why does a freed Shifcha Kinanis need a second conversion when there's no mitzvos that are being added and it doesn't affect the Kiddushin? Now, they also quote from Rabbi Israel Yaakov Fisher, who was a very careful reader of Rab Chaim. Uh, he has a book, the Eben Yisrael, on the Rambam. So in this Rambam, in Perak Yud Gimel, Halach Yud Beis of Yisrael Bia, and there's also a note in the margin. So he points out something interesting, which is one of the questions Rab Chaim had asked is why is an Eved Kenani who's freed prohibited to a Shifcha Kenanis? And Rab Chaim had proved this because a Mamzer is permitted to a Shifcha Kenanis. And Tosvos explains because the Mamzer anyways comes from a prohibited union, so he's not prohibited to a Shifcha Kinanis, which is rooted in the prohibition to be uh, with promiscuous woman. So uh, based on that, Rab Chaim had said that uh, Eved Kinani, before he's converted, should also be permitted to the Shifcha Kinanis. And Rab Chaim said that uh, the answer to this is his general approach, that the Eved Kinani is basically a Jew. So the Evan Yisrael points out that the Rambam seems to have a very unique position, which is very different than Tosus's explanation. And that is that the Rambam in Hilchsi Surabi and Parakud Bey's Halachiyud Aleph seems to say that the whole prohibition for a freed Jew to be with a Shifcha Kinanis is only Midra Abonin, it's only Midivrei Sofrim. And uh, this seems to be even more clear in the Rambam later in Hilchsi Surabi and Parak Tesavav Halacha Dalid, where the Rambam says that the reason a Mamzer is allowed to marry a Shifcha Kinanis is in order to purify his children so that they should be able to marry other people. So this seems to be clear that the Rambam holds that it's only Midra Bonan that a regular Jew is usher to a Shifcha Kinanis and they did not make that prohibition when it comes to a Mamzer in order to save his children and make them kosher. So if so, this is obviously different than Tosvos and uh, the Evan Yisrael says that that would explain exactly why the Rambam holds that an Eved Kinani, once he's freed, is prohibited to a Shifcha Kinanis because he has other ways to have kosher children. He could just go to the mikvah, become a regular Jew, and then marry a regular Jewish woman. So he does not need to be able to marry a shifcha kinanis, and therefore when the Rabbanan made their decree against the shifcha kinanis, they made it to include a freed Evid kinani too. The only exception would be a mamzer who has no one else to marry, but an Evid kinani who's freed could just go to the mikvah and marry anyone. So this is a nice idea from the Evan Yisrael to answer one of the key questions that Rab Chaim raised. And uh, he points out that the Rambam Lashitoso, who has this uh, very controversial position, that the, the prohibition for a Yisrael with a Shifcha Kinanis is only Midrabanan, but Lishitaso, the Rambam, could answer this because the reason a Mamzer is allowed to marry a Shifcha Kinanis is, has a special logic which doesn't apply to a freed Eved Kinani. And one final source, which is interesting, is the Imre Moshe from Reb Moshe Sokolovsky, who was actually a Rosh Hashiva in Brisk, so he knew Reb Chaim. So in Simen Chav Beis, 
he deals with the issues in this piece in Rab Chaim and the previous piece in Rab Chaim, all of these issues of the Eved Kenani and the Gerus. And uh, he quotes that he heard these ideas from Rab Chaim himself. In Simen Chav Bey, Sifkatan Vav, he quotes the last piece. And uh, in Sifkatan Chav, he quotes the piece that we're dealing with now. So it's interesting to just see how he quotes it, much more abbreviated. But uh, he heard it in person from uh, the Rav of the town in Brisk. Anyways, then in Sifkatan Chav Aleph and Chav Bey's, he then develops his own approach, which is also just worth noting here briefly. And that is that he believes that the way to interpret Tosvos is that the first conversion is a full valid conversion, and theoretically the Eved Kenani should be like a regular Jew, but the fact that he's an Eved is a much bigger limitation than Rab Chaim had understood it, and not only does it preclude him from being obligated in all of the mitzvos, but it even precludes the Eved Kenani from accepting the full Kedushas Yisrael. So once he's free, at that point the limitation is removed and now he's fully able to become a Jewish person. But the way this works according to the Imre Moshe is that he needs both to be freed and he needs to go to the mikvah. And he compares this to the same way a regular convert needs to have Mila and Tfila. He has to have both of those components in order to become a convert. So in the same way the Eved Kenani, once he's freed and is no longer limited by being an Eved and can accept the full Kedushas Yisrael. So his type of conversion involves two aspects. One is being freed and one is going to the mikvah again. And based on that, the Imre Moshe explains why Tosvos holds that the mikvah could be done before the Get Shechur, before he's actually freed. Because both components need to be done, but it doesn't matter which order they're done in. So the way the Imre Moshe is trying to understand this is that it's not that the mikvah has to be done as a follow-up to the being freed, but rather the first conversion to become an Eved Kanani involves the regular aspects of conversion, and that turns him into the Kedusha of being an Eved Kenani. But once he's no longer an Eved and he's able to accept full Kedusha, so now he needs the two components of the Get Shichur and going to the Mikvah. But they can be done in whatever order. And based on this idea, the Imre Moshe says that this would also explain the Rambam's Shita, that as soon as he's freed, he can already be part of a Kiddushin even before he went to the Mikvah, because the Rambam holds that as soon as the component of him being an Eved is removed, so then already he's able to affect the Kiddushin. The same way that Rab Chaim had explained it, that the Am Hadome Lechamor, that comparison that precludes an Eved doing Kiddushin only applies to an Eved, but once it's removed, so then automatically he can do Kiddushin, but that does not mean that he no longer has to go to the Mikvah. He still needs to go to the mikvah in order to become a full-fledged Yisrael. So the Imre Moshe's reading of the Rambam is very similar to Rab Chaim, but whereas Rab Chaim saying that according to the Rambam, the second conversion is only to add a few more mitzvos, the Imre Moshe says that according to the Rambam, the second conversion is to make him into a full-fledged Jew. Otherwise, he's lacking something in the Kedushas Yisrael from his first conversion. And also, according to the Imre Moshe, the machlokas between Tosos and the Rambam is more limited in scope. Everybody agrees that the second conversion is to transform him into a full-fledged Yisrael. The only machlokas is, can
can the Kiddushin be done before the Tefillah or not? So Tosos holds that until there's both aspects, the freedom and the going to the mikvah, the Evid Kenani or the Shifcha Kenanis are not eligible for Kiddushin, whereas the Rambam holds that they could do Kiddushin before they went to the mikvah, but they still need to go to the mikvah in order to become full-fledged Yisrael. So there's a lesser limited machlokas here as opposed to Rab Chaim who reads it as a much broader machlokas that according to Tosvos, the second conversion is a regular conversion with some differences, whereas according to the Rambam, it's a whole new type of conversion because this person is already a Jew.